Hello and welcome to Dies to Removal, the Magic the Gathering video podcast. Now, thanks to the global pandemic and COVID-19, many Magic the Gathering players were afraid that we were not going to be able to hold any more episodes of Dies to Removal during this crisis. But thanks to a little cleverness on our part, mostly mine, we've come up with a foolproof way to keep this show on the air every week. Isn't that right, Vincent? Yes! That's right. Brian! That's right. Brian! Yes! No pandemic is going to stop us. Well, at least it's taken my mind off of Brexit. <laughs> oh, Vince, you and your European politics. Brexit! 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 <laughs> Same old Vince. Now, Vince, we're here to talk about magic. What's been on your mind lately? Hybrid mana? Hybrid mana? Hybrid mana? Fetchland. Reserve list? Kitchen finks? Milk! Milk me harder, daddy. Keep it PG, Vince. Milk! Milk! <laughs> Reprint Fetchland. No, uh-oh. Why won't they? Why won't they? Bloody Tories. Sheldon Meanery hates hybrid mana. Hi, my name is Reserve list. Reprint Fetchlands, you cowards. Hybrid mana? Hybrid mana? Hybrid mana? Oh no! New Vince got stuck in a loop about hybrid mana and his head rolled right out of the room! Just like regular Vince. Hello? Brian, oh good. I'm glad I caught you. I've just finished playing my seventh Yorion mirror in a row on Arena and... Well, I need to vent to somebody. Can we not record dice removal remotely or something? I suppose that is our only option at this point. Uh, so what do you want to talk about on the show this week? Well, we could talk about the lack of meaningful reprints, especially when it comes to fetchlands. I could complain about that all day long. Companions is also a hot button topic, but we could also talk about hybrid manner and commander, although that might be a little bit too political. So failing that, perhaps perhaps the Tory party and Brexit here in the UK? No, perhaps not. Fetchlands? No. Hybrid manner? Oh, companions? I can't decide. I've got so much to moan about. Brexit! Brexit! Oh, Vince, there's just no replacing you. At least not yet. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Dies to Removal, a special remote episode where I am in sunny old, really hot and sweaty England and Brian is over in, in the, the, where are you from? The States? The New World? Somewhere like that? Teleria anyway. East. Oh, Teleria East. Right. He, he he never stops role playing. We were considering doing an episode about like a remote playing and magic still being the gathering and such during such hard times. But we realized that probably wasn't the most exciting thing to talk about. I mean, why talk about togetherness, community, loyalty, and unity, ways in which you can survive this terrible global crisis that has affected all of us, when we can spend an entire hour speculating about whether or not Magic the Gathering booster packs are really loot boxes and, and also rag on secret layers. I mean, come on. So, that's what we're going to be doing. Is Magic the Gathering gambling? I mean, that's really why they don't acknowledge the secondary market, right? Let's, why don't we start with that? Why, why Wizards of the Coast does know about the secondary market. They do talk about it within their walls secretly. Uh, they are aware of it, but they must not publicly acknowledge it. Many Magic the Gathering players ask why. Why, why can't they just acknowledge, yeah, people sell Magic cards individually, for money. They can't ever acknowledge it. Vince, why? So, 
there, there's a lot of um, like uh, I guess guesswork that goes around this because they've never explicitly said this is the reason, but it's quite easy to infer what the reason is when you start looking at other areas, which we'll come to shortly. But if they acknowledge that things have a monetary value within the packs that they open, it opens up a whole can of worms, perhaps even a real, true, like legal court case can of worms around whether or not buying that pack and having the odds of getting x y or z over another card is gambling because it's like getting a lottery ticket right instead of instead of just buying a pack to get some collectible cards you can play a nice casual game of kitchen magic with you're actually trying to go for that money rare the irony the funny thing is you and i both know why that's what people do that's of what, course <laughs> magic cards people crack packs they shouldn't for singles buy your singles don't crack packs to find specific cards but people love cracking boosters i like cracking boosters <laughs> i assume you quite like cracking boosters. I, I, I just cracked on my channel a booster pack of Revised and Legends the week before that. And I got to admit, I might be saying with my mouth in those videos, don't do this. This is not something you should do. But I was getting that dopamine rush in the brain. <laughs> so, you know, uh, yes. But there's even something more dangerous about it, which is that wizard or more legally suspect about it, which is that it's not just that we're selling lottery packs with a chance to win money. It's that Wizards of the Coast controls the means to print the money because they are, are if they are able to set the price of cards, which they are not, but if they were, then they could literally determine, well, we're going to put a $100 bill in this pack and say you get a chance at a $100 bill. But when other people set the prices, it's a little bit like that. So they can't acknowledge the secondary market. They literally have to say, and I've 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 had Wizards of the Coast people say around me that the is that the, the, the premise is what what people sell magic cards for money. What I haven't heard of that. I don't know that. We're just selling a game. It's just a game. Mm -hmm. It's just mm -hmm. fifteen cards. You you are getting fifteen individual cards randomly put in a pack for the purposes of playing a game. And that that is not gambling. Gambling is if there's a monetary value or incentive involved. And yet, this is all fiction. Because, of course, whether they acknowledge it or not, they know about it. And they do play to that. Because we have established, they have established, that the value that we, you and I, and all of us in this community, place on these cards does affect what they put in the booster packs. They are not going to put... Uh, $100 cards in, on mass in reprints in a set, they're going to put maybe one moderate reprint in a set. They're not going to, if they're putting 10 reprints in a set, nine of them are 10 cent, 20 cent cards, and then one of them is worth a lot of money. So let's talk quickly then about uh, Wizards of the Coast and how they, they don't acknowledge, but they perhaps skirt around the fact or some of the nods they make towards these things. Uh, the obvious one being Fetchlands, which we'll come to. Perhaps the next Fetchlands one, Fetch and Secret, secret Layers. We'll get to that. But like, um, there, there, there was a, there's a thing I come across when we were doing some reading for this episode, which was a link to Mark Rosewater's Tumblr, which we can show on screen now. Right. shows that he explicitly says, when asked, why was Tarmogoyf Mythic Rare in the original Modern Masters set? He says it's not to underpin or undermine the value of the, that card where people already had it. Now... I just sat there and scratched my head and I was like, what value is he referring to? Is he on about like the collectability? Is this is this that Wizard of the Coast will admit there is a collectible element to the rarity of cards? How, how, how do you respond to that idea that like they can put things at Mythic to maintain or not undermine the value? Because that, that's so close to saying the card has a monetary secondary market value. Well, 
I think that it's okay for them to acknowledge that cards are collected by players. The issue is monetary value. So I, I guess this comes down to uh, speculation versus gambling, perhaps, because gambling is called, I'm going to spend five bucks, or in the case of Modern Masters, uh, 10, 12 bucks on a, a booster pack, and I'm hoping to get more than that money in return, versus I'm going to spend on a booster pack, play a game, and maybe those game pieces in the future might be a collectible item. Nothing wrong with, with, with I'm going to sell you this product and say, maybe this is a collectible and, and maybe this will go, it's not guaranteed to go up in value, but maybe people will value this in the future. That's fine. But the issue is, is called hit me. Hit me again, and I'm going to keep ripping open these packs until I get the $100 bill, which is, of course, what people do, but this is the the legal game they play. And that quote by Rosewater, there's a lot of those out there, not just by him, but by mm-hmm. Wizards, where when they're trying to communicate with the player base, uh, they are are trying to maybe wink at us to let us know what's going on at, at, while, while still staying perfectly within the confines of the law, but I think it comes down to this: is that if if the only reason you buy a booster pack is to get the money, then that is straight up gambling, or to get the mm-hmm. Tarmogoyf. Mm-hmm. And so the, the the emphasis is on you are not they are not selling us the packs and saying you might get a Tarmogoyf inside, even though it's on the pack and on the box and on all the advertising and 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 all of that. But the idea is is there the purpose is to play the game. And then maybe, maybe there's things that we, independent of them, collect in value. Beyond the, the legal aspect of... Which is all baloney. And I just want to stress, everybody is screaming at us right now as though we, we don't believe this. We're talking about to keep governments from saying you are not only encouraging gambling in children and adults, but you are also printing money in, you know, and, and, and that, that goes into issues with the judge program where they used to pay their judges in magic cards. That we'll talk about in a moment too, but anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but the whole, the collectability thing is still suspect. Not from a, not from a legal perspective, because obviously the whole point of not saying a card is worth any money is I don't want to go to a court of law and have to argue about whether or not people are cracking packs for money, right? But if we step away from the legal side of things towards the ethical or perhaps, um, uh, moral side of things is ah. it not still borderline predatory to be like you can collect all these things but some of them are super super rare because it still ticks the same boxes it still gets the endorphins going of course. to uh, promote uh, people to crack more and more packs surely even without monetary value there's still a suspect element to collecting out of randomized boosters to, to say otherwise is absurd if anybody mm-hmm. is and and I'm, i bet you cash now <laughs> bet you cash uh uh now i'm taking five to one odds on this that there will be some responses on on twitter Twitter in particular to this episode, and there will be people arguing that uh, uh, this is not the case, and they will have hashtag MTG Finance on their their Twitter <laughs> handle, no doubt, because anytime any of this talk comes up, that is impacting them, and they are are going to be like, ah, that's baloney, that's baloney, that's baloney, because that's 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 their bread and butter. But of course, uh, of course, this is predatory. I mean. It is. Of course, this is taking advantage of people's weaknesses. We know if you subscribe to the 
philosophy of science, we know that there are, are in the same way that there are people who are predisposed to be more susceptible to uh, things such as alcohol consumption and abuse, that, that gambling is a real issue. People, there are people who, who, if you put them in, let's, I've been to Las Vegas and I don't personally gamble, but there are people who not only would gamble, but would not be able to stop because of certain mm-hmm. uh, 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 provable, demonstrable psychological reasons and that to prey on them is morally suspect to literally say we should make this addictive we should make this so that you want to keep cracking packs we should make this, this so that you like keep spending the money in general then i'm not i'm not and here's the thing i want to and i'll tell you why but i'm going to ask you this question our magic this is i get this on all my videos i don't know if you do but i get this on so many videos our magic the gathering booster packs uh, uh, synonymous with, or or certainly close to, loot boxes that we talk about with, like I don't know what what little Call of Duty or any of these. Is it Call of Duty? I don't play those games. All right, uh, I don't so, like so war simulators. For, well, but, a small amount of context. Brian doesn't like any popular culture that isn't magic. It seems, but on top of that, on top of that, um, Call of Duty does have loot boxes, as most of you probably watching this video probably know. But we'll do a little bit of context. Right. Loot boxes came into the gaming industry on full force. Probably the most popular or the most well publicized first initial big loot box thing was blizzard with overwatch okay and since then they've refined things and changed things in certain territories and stuff and since then because loot boxes have been such a good way to monetize your game post-release whether you're buying a big 40 pound game initially or playing a free-to-play thing because randomized loot boxes are so good at like getting those cogs worrying getting people spending money uh, like every game under the sun has them so as Brian said Call of Duty it has it but like the other big big ones in England FIFA our football game our soccer game is massive mm-hmm. it has a card game attached to it Brian called <sighs> Ultimate Team where you crack packs for cards wow. we'll come to that in a little bit as well wow. yeah it's, it's pretty special I got into it when it first got released because I was like the cards are cool I didn't, right. give a, didn't care about the football I was P- push, push that watch. little it pushed that little button it did. in your brain did it, it? it ticked some like primordial thing inside me and then uh, the other big one I guess is Star Wars Battlefront is a big, big one to talk about. I heard about that one in particular. Even though I don't play play Star Wars or watch Star Wars or whatever, it was such a big scandal uh, mm-hmm. uh, and issue that it 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 penetrated my my rock that I live under. And I heard about that one as well. And I think there's a huge difference between DLC, which is uh, content like for a video game that you're playing, and let's say that there is armor or costumes or cosmetics of some sort that you wish to purchase to have on your character for extra money, but a loot box will take that cosmetic and it'll say, here's the really cool outfit that everybody wants or the skin for their weapon or what have you that everybody is is just dying for. And we're going to put it in a treasure chest and then we're going to put a whole bunch of less desired items randomly mm-hmm. in there and you spend a dollar two dollars four dollars on that treasure chest and uh open it up to see if you got the very rare or mythic we should say cosmetic skin and if you you did not which you probably didn't then you just push a button and spend another four dollars and do so and it's right at that point that you go well isn't that a booster pack of magic cards so i'll ask again vince do you believe that booster packs are loot boxes mm, no 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 there's there's there's, 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 there's a multitude of reasons. One of the, I just want to, before we go on, just say that video games used to come as whole cohesive things that you bought for a certain amount of money. I remember. And with DLC, like horse armor for Oblivion was the one that I remember. Was it, yeah, it was Oblivion that I remember originally. To get the armor for your horse, you had to pay an extra six pounds or whatever on Xbox Live. And everyone was like, this is absurd. But then everyone just bought it anyway. And we just carry on. So it got to where we had games. It's the whole cow thing. We've talked about this on the podcast before for Magic, where they take things out you already had. Right. Cheat codes, extra armors, extra levels, different skins. I, I purchased. 
purchased. They sell them back to you. I purchased for The Sims 3, and I can't believe I'm publicly admitting this. I'm Every part of my brain is saying, don't say this publicly. But I purchased for The Sims 3 so that my character could, could in The Sims 3, have it. A Prius, uh, 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 so that you know they had certain cars. They had certain cars that you get in The Sims, and but 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 for like two bucks, they they installed no the option going, for a just, Prius. It just went to somewhere. That's bizarre. right, a Prius for The Sims. <laughs> so I purchased the Sims the skin is a good example of this. Prius. Before we move on, right? The Sims one and two had swimming pools. The Sims 3, upon release, had no swimming pool, but it was available really? within three weeks to buy as an oh, adult. God. It's the whole taking things away. And we've had this with, with expeditions. We talked about it on yes, this podcast. Yes, where yes. they're taking things away and selling them back to us. Now, the expedition thing is interesting because there's an argument that putting lottery cards like that in boosters pushes the odds towards them odds towards them being gambling products even further. So right. it might be one of the arguments where they're like, oh, we probably should shy away from that. But there's but odds. There's to, there's odds to pulling a mythic. There's odds to pulling a rare or pulling yeah, a mythic exactly. or rare that you want. Oh my god! And I'm I'm seriously just thinking of this now. It's not in my notes. Is this why wizards can't seem to wean themselves of the habit of of there always being a pathetic mythic and, and several pathetic mythics and a really good mythic so that they could say, wait a minute, our mythic card that one's forty cents. That one is 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 Tree of Redemption. Uh, you're not you're not just trying to get them. We're not creating the mythic card as the money card. Some of these mythics aren't worth anything. We don't know what people do. Is that intentional? Uh, Are they really not purpose. stupid? I just thought they were purpose. stupid. So, so one way it does allow them to go, well, no, not all mythics are worth money and they've all got the equal chance of getting them. But on the other hand, it also gives people opening up the mythic and going, oh, I didn't get the one I wanted or needed. So they crack more packs for the Oko or whatever the next packs are. It still serves dual purpose. One for a, in a hypothetical court of law and one to get people just cracking more packs. It's that, that, that argument is there. Why are bad cards printed, right? Why right. are bad Why? cards made? And bad cards make good cards Good cards, right? They, there's a, a, cards don't exist in a vacuum. They've got to compare to each other. But that doesn't just exist in terms of power level. That exists in terms of desirability. And then furthermore, the secondary market, right? Tree of Redemption exists to make Goyf more valuable. Because if everyone was opening Goyf-style cards or Goyf power level cards or, or the reprints that we all want, like Fetchlands, then we wouldn't need the Tree of Redemption and stuff. Right? The bad cards exist to... To push the secondary market agenda as well. No, just, it's just because it's because the point of the set was to reprint the, the the most iconic cards from each set. And when you think of original Innistrad, regardless yes. of the value, you think of Tree of Redemption. In in, yes. in a snap, you're going to cast that card from Beyond the Veil. Uh, uh, I yeah. mean, you're just that it gives is... me flashbacks yeah. in some ways. <laughs> To Innistrad, right? and yet, and yet, that yeah, being sad. and yet, you say that they're not loot boxes. It's it just you're, it just sounds like you're describing loot boxes with extra steps. So, in my mind, loot boxes don't give you a monetary valuable thing that you can sell on, right? That's that's in my ah. mind. That's not the literal definition. Like Counter Strike Go is another good example of this. That game has crates that you open skins that you mentioned for your knives and for your guns, and they sell on the secondary market for tons of money to the point that. Valve don't sell, don't have a trading market in China or Belgium anymore because their their gambling organizations were like, um, them having a monetary value that makes it gambling. Mm. So I'm sat here saying it feels less like a loot box, this negative term that's now associated with gaming, because I can sell the cards and the cards are collectible. And we have physical things left over. And we all like having nice, cool cards, right? I do, but. A lot of the gambling organizations and agencies around Europe and in China and stuff are like, actually, if it, if it makes it a world, real world monetary cost that you can trade, that probably makes it gambling. Or in some countries, they say that is gambling and you're breaking laws. Mm. So it's this weird thing. In my head, it feels like it's not. 
But in other countries, that's not the difference what loot bo- between loot boxes and other randomized things. So, um, yeah. so I feel like it is a, a, a loot box with an asterisk on it. I feel like it's a loot box, but. So when I get those comments about it's just a loot box, like, for example, if in any video I make a disparaging remark about loot boxes, people go, well, how can you support booster packs? And I'll say, well, here's one of the key differences. One of the key differences, as I already mentioned, is that uh, uh, it's a cosmetic skin uh, in, say, the, the video games, and, and that's just this this useless thing towards the game versus cards that are a part of the game that are part of what you can play with and and so it has another function you also mentioned that we can trade them i'm pretty sure all the the, the most terrible of those loot box games would not allow me to trade those skins is that correct i don't know i don't play those i That's couldn't give you my prius i know that i couldn't give you my prius but, from the sims the, 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 the... The ones that have caused the, the most amount of problems in countries like Counter-Strike Go, you can trade stuff. Ah, okay, so they have that value action. there. But I would also say yeah. that a big factor is that pushing a button on your computer is uh, an act that has a lot less connection to you reaching in your pocket to take out cash money when you're out yes. of your house and at another location. And that there's a huge difference between a little kid who might be playing a game on their parents' computer where an account mm-hmm. is hooked in and it's like, a pop-up screen hits, buy this loot box, you want to buy this loot box, they hit okay, $4. You want to buy another one, hit okay, $4. So, Versus I, I went into my local game store after school, I have my lunch money that I skipped lunch. I really did this, by the way. When I was, I was so addicted to Magic the Gathering that in high school, I starved myself, I skipped lunch, I my stomach hurt and growled. To, but what to were put you addicted that, to? Which part Matt, of it were you addicted to? All of it. I was okay. addicted to it, every aspect of that game. The game, the collectability, the socialization, the, the cracking of packs gave me an endorphin rush I've never been able to recreate, even in all these years of cracking packs. It was the most me thing. In It was for me. It was made for me, this game. And and so I literally skipped one of my three meals a day because, in order, because I until I got a job, and it motivated me to get a job eventually. But... It meant something going into the store, reaching in my pocket, putting the money on the counter to buy the next pack. And I would spend all of that money, but there, there's, it feels like there's a big difference between that and me spending my lunch money on it versus mm-hmm. so, clicking the button, clicking the button, clicking you, the button. You, you, are, you are right. So there's, there's a lot of psychological elements that games are implementing now, video games in general, that are designed to to disconnect the idea of purchase to to what you're doing, right? right. You're not buying something necessarily. You're uh, ob- obtaining chests and things. Yes. And I get what you mean. Take your physical money, buy a booster, get a physical booster, crack that booster, sure. But then what happens when we talk about Arena or Modo, right? And Modo, oh, yeah. you can buy packs with tickets. Arena has done what other games have done, where you have other currencies. So in Arena, you have gold that you earn and you have gems that you buy. But what the gems do, instead of just letting you buy a pack for whatever the gem equivalent is, a thousand gems, what's that? A, a dollar? Two dollars? Instead of we don't a dollar around where you look at it, exactly, you don't know. You can't click, unless you sit there and go back and forth on the screens and look at them or right. have a table up on the other screen, you don't know. And that incentivizes you more likely to spend it. You're more likely to think it doesn't matter anymore. And then on top of that, they have things cost, I mean, Arena's good for this, I think. A lot of games will have odd numbers. 
So you'll buy something for like two seventy, leaving you thirty in your wallet. So you have to buy more of this currency, right. and so on and so on. I don't believe Arena does that. So Arena has a full on. It no, does. It, it do- uh, 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 you cannot. I did this. I did this. I did this in one of my early videos criticizing the Arena economy, and I was very shocked at how many people huh. defended it. But on the Arena economy, you will always end up. So if I spend forty dollars on gems, and then I use that to buy packs i will have leftover gems and i cannot right. purchase right. and and i cannot purchase i can only purchase the gems in their bundles so i can't say hey i just need 63 gems here to round my thing off and finish them because they've found in studies that if a person clears out down to zero gems they're less yep. likely to yep. buy more it's like okay i spent them it's like oh i've got i've got 14 gems and i need 100 to get a thing let me just buy mm-hmm. 66 or whatever it is okay that's not good math but uh, let me just buy whatever it is terrible math <laughs> Let me you're just buy me. one. And th- and there you go. They're preying on my bad math skills. But you're but telling y- me that these boosters aren't loot boxes, but then Arena's doing the same thing with boosters, right? Well, well I would argue that so Arena different. is coming very close to it being loot, loot boxes. But uh, they are employing the exact same strategies as other games, but except for the fact that you can't sell the cards for a monetary value, which is one of the things I worse. do like about physical boosters. Yeah, it's worse. It's worse because there's no trading allowed, no dusting allowed. It's so one-directional. Arena is, I believe, and I've said this before, but I will go right on the record. Uh, I, I, it is my opinion that the Magic Arena economy does step into the unethical practice uh, 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 from not a legal standpoint, but from a moral standpoint. It is my belief Mm -hmm. that uh, not like immoral in there's a wide spectrum of what immoral can mean, but I do believe that, yes, this is bad behavior. They didn't need to do that. They should have had a clear, it should be 400 gems for one pack or whatever you want to set it at, and I can purchase and, and and it's it's one penny is one gem sort of thing, or one dollar is one gem. Set it how you want, but we don't know what a booster pack costs in real cash, and they intentionally did it that way uh, so yeah, that you're just thinking in terms of gems. Yeah, they would never make gem thing work. They would never do that because that defeats the object of having yeah, the Yeah, how much does t- how much does 250 to... gems worth? Yeah. And then when they sell you a sleeve... Oh my god, I can't believe they have sleeves on Arena. It's insane. And and when they sell you a sleeve for 255 gems, you have no idea what how much money you're spending when you have you have a thousand gems in your pocket, but you don't know what the money is. So it's easier to just go, well, whatever, it's fake game money, but it's not because you spent real money to get it in the case of gems. Now you can earn coins. There's no direct correlation. It's intentionally mm-hmm. confusing to exploit the customers to a degree. There's always going to be a level of exploitation with companies. Companies need to make money. Companies need to be a company. I will acknowledge and I will accept that. But there's a line that you cross. I believe Arena, in the setup of their economy, they they cross that line. And, and it's one of the biggest turnoffs about Arena on a long list of turnoffs for me is that at the end of the day, it is intentionally uh, exploitative. You mentioned Magic Online. One ticks is one dollar. I might be able to get ticks from MTGO traders or card hoarder or whatever for less than a dollar or trade it with you. And and yes, I can trade ticks. I can say, let me give you a tick. I can't send you gems on Arena either. I can't even do that. We do, we do not have an exchange thing going on. Uh, uh, arena, at least we know. If I say to you, it's five ticks. How many dollars is that? Five dollars, you know. And 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 the fact that they intentionally tried to make it so you have no idea how much money you're spending to such an extreme degree, I believe, is unethical on Magic Arena. And it's it's it's. I I can't believe people don't make a bigger fuss about it. 
And you're right. Modo is actually... I've, I've sort of corrected myself from what I said. Magic the Gathering Online is actually a lot more genuine and a lot more honest in this respect because you buy packs and things from Wizards for $1 for one event tick or boosters for actual real money. The the event ticket like economy only happens in the secondary market, which is ironic, really, that they have a marketplace on Magic the Gathering Online where you can buy cards for tickets. It actually exists. Where Arena purposely makes it hazy and purposely makes it difficult to understand. And I think that... The fact that you can't train things in Arena was not necessarily their original want. I would, and this is again, this is complete conjecture, but I would hazard to guess that someone, someone on the line at corporate were like, can we do a trading system here? And people are like, well, actually, there's rumblings and controversies around sellable items and trading items. They're like, oh, do you know what? Let's not do that then. Let's not do that. Because that, that, that makes it difficult further down the line, if you see what I mean. And also, it's worked out well for them, right? Because they can just keep you chasing wild cards and opening packs to do it. So it's worked out for monetization. Yeah. I, I, well, my original assumption was that's why they did it. My original assumption was just they did this because it's as exploitive as they could be. But it's interesting. I had not considered that they did this to make it as confusing to the letter of the law. And that's always been their MO, hasn't it? Because they can't make magic not gambling. We want to gamble, not just in, by the way, we haven't even mentioned tournaments. In a tournament, mm -hmm. you pay an entry fee, compete in the tournament, and you might win prizes, in many cases, cash prizes. Uh, and that is something that, for example, got them kicked out of Germany, <laughs> which you're yeah. going to fill us in on in just one moment. But I just want to say that I did not consider that by making things hazy, it's easier to skirt the law in terms of digital stuff. Whereas you can say, look at this, Magic Online. Magic Online is an exact, for all its problems with the interface, Magic Online is an exact recreation of the paper experience. Ticks or dollars, you play like in the same type of events you play at, uh, at Friday Night it's Magic at your game store. Legacy League yeah. it, it emulates them exactly. They literally wanted to make Magic digital in that sense. Arena is not this. It has all the cards, all the formats. I can play Popper. You and I can invent a format with our own rules and play it against one another and even begin to organize those tournaments and things like that. We can do this. We can trade cards, sell cards, buy cards, all of this. And on Arena... It's all one directional in terms of the money flowing from us into the system there. And then it is locked on our account forever. We And and it's amazing to me. You can't even like, I, I can't get you as a gift. Ah, I'm going to get Vince a gift of some gems. Oh, I'm, I'm going to send I'm him certain, some gems. I'm when he logs on, that, that feels it's like gonna, just, that's not there because they haven't, put the, they haven't put that on their roadmap or told them that they need to do that yet. That will come. That will come. Like the gifting thing. But maybe, have you ever thought? Maybe, maybe, so but maybe it's just skirt reality. If people magic would be better if you could remove the land system as one of these like hypotheticals people talk about. How could you make Magic 2 Electric Boogaloo, right? What if Arena is Magic 2 Electric Boogaloo, but the biggest problem with the Coast River faced is the fear that they might get caught out for gambling and loot boxes. So removing that secondary market element of selling stuff, they're like, ha-ha, we've got it. We've got Magic, we've got the Endorphin Rush, we've got the gameplay, we've got the strategic element. And we've gotten rid of that scary bugbear that one day might bite us in the ass. So I, I agree completely, except they've also acted against their own best interests, I believe, with uh, Secret Layers, which in many ways is them... I, I actually think there's a very good case to be made for Secret Layers being perhaps them setting themselves up for real legal ramifications. Before we touch on that, though, uh, you did mention that you had looked into 
why magic got kicked out oh, of Germany, or rather Germany. magic events. And this is not so, quite on the, the gambling aspect of PAX, but tell us about well, why can't well, I go to okay, a GP so, in Germany? Why can't I go to so a GP I, in Germany? I didn't, I didn't, I, I, I started trying to look for the exact worded, like, uh, German legislation, but there was, like, huge documents to scroll through and stuff. But looking at, like, just people chatting about it on forums and stuff, the general gist is... If you uh, ask for a certain amount of money for entry and offer a certain amount of money at the end as a prize, minors cannot enter. You can't have people below the age of 18 or 21 or whatever they class as in Germany enter. So what they had to do to circumvent this to allow people to play in their local FNMs and up to GP level was uh, give people PlayStations and other things that were worth money. Things that you might say have a, a secondary market value, some might say. And what happened was I found forum anecdotes. People call them like GP Best Buy. Because the point is you walk away if you win with like six PlayStation 4s, which obviously isn't as good as their monetary value on the secondary market because you still got to sell the bloody things. So nowadays, and um, for quite a few years now, I don't know when the last GP in, or a big event in Germany is, not even GP, but people have them in the countries next door. Like, there's still events, of course, in like, Belgium and France and stuff like that, even though I don't know if they're geographically next door because my geography's awful. But the countries around them have loads of events, and Germany, not so much. They have smaller events, and there is a tournament scene, and there is a community, but they can't have the big events like the GPs because they can't offer the prize pool. Right, and, and it's interesting, too, to note that uh, in my just looking at forums, I saw from... Uh, Magic players in Germany, and obviously everyone's different, but people just didn't care to play in a GP to win a bunch of PlayStations, even though you mm -hmm. could resell those. People wanted the money. And, and. But look at it this way. You, you, you're, you're going to a GP to win money in, I've, I've been to many European GP, right? But if I flew to Germany to play in a German GP, and let's say hypothetically I wasn't a scrub and I won, now I've got five PlayStations to take on a plane back with me. It's just so impractical. And, and, and even, even, <laughs> never mind the transport of them back, but also the incredible hassle of having to sell them, deal with fees. What if someone buys mm -hmm. and, and, and runs and reads chargeback? It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's just so much worse than getting paid. I mean, this is what 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 we pay at GPs cosplayers in is magic product, you know, like, and, and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And they hate that because they don't get money. They just get a whole bunch of boxes that they have to deal with selling. But that's another episode about, you know, that. Um, <laughs> secret layers, though. Secret layers. But, but which yes. one, Brian? I can't think of any secret layer that has been at the, in, even remotely contentious. Um, what, what secret layer are you referring to? Uh, the secret layer that was announced with uh, somebody was sitting in the chair you normally sit in, uh, where it was you announced. You have a YouTube channel? Oh my goodness, he took the thing and then did the switcheroo yes. on it, switcheroo on it. Oh yes, oh Look yes. Yes, I have, I have a YouTube so, channel yeah. where Wizards uh, comes and I sell out, I bow down before you them. Shill. You I shill, shill very hard. They See, don't... the moment I can't come to America, you start shilling. I need to be right. there. Like, no, Brian, no, no, no don't shill. Chill, go, don't chill. It wasn't. You go for the Watsy box. And I'm like, no, Brian, stop. Ah, and it like, wasn't. Okay, you are right. It wasn't shilling because I didn't get paid. <laughs> um, ah. It wasn't shilling <laughs> because I didn't get paid. That's quite a common paid. thing with uh, Wizards promotions. But are you telling me that the box for Secret Lair Fetchlands isn't worth the $200, $300 buy? Is that what you're telling me? Well, here's what I'm telling you. I'm telling you that what they have done is they've actually given a court of law. Uh, I'm not a lawyer, but they seem to have given a court of law what could be construed as really good evidence that uh, Magic the Gathering is uh, uh, perhaps violating some gambling laws or that Wizards of the Coast is violating some other laws because you could say to them that, uh, and I did this again in one of my videos. I think you probably did in one of yours. Everybody did. Mm -hmm. It's plain as day. It's not like some big insightful thing. See, 
secret layer, uh, 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 secret layer $29.99 for five lands, secret layer $29.99 for five lands, secret layer $200 for five lands. And that's the, the insulting thing is it was secret layer fetch lands. And this right. is why I did another video on it. Then it was Godzilla lands, which aren't even, uh, sorry, are foil. So they, so they are arguably harder to produce in theory. Right. Right. Foil the bloody things. Well, that doesn't Ni matter. Like, literally one after the other, one after the other. And one is like so much cheaper. It was, it's, I, I, in my video, I said it was the most insulting thing I think was ever done to their consumer, uh, customer base. But yeah, it's crazy. <sighs> That's Literally a high crazy. bar. That's a high bar. I don't know. I, I, I personally, know. I think that deluxe edition, uh, boy, it's it's hard, but I might say that deluxe edition is at least, at least I could resell the secret layer fetch lands and maybe get my money. Like they're, they're, they're going to be worth on the secondary market an amount probably equal to what these things sell for. Uh, sure, I can get my sure. back. That deluxe edition, it had a cut, uncut foils sheet. I can't sell yeah, that okay. for anything. No, it so had a, a, a non-foil promo of the buy a box. There are worse products. There are worse products, but I think Secret Lair Fetchlands is the biggest insult because it so obviously points to the fact that the Fetchlands are worth money and need to be reprinted. Some might say desirable. Yeah. Some might say they might fetch, a, like you said, a price on the secondary market. It points to that and goes, oh, well, we're just going to sell them to you for the higher price tag anyway. Some and then they also veiled it in the whole let's support LGSs with it. Yeah. Which is the one thing you didn't want to do with the product that's selling the cards that people need the most to play a ton of formats. Oh, Literally I, the most. Barring perhaps a copy of Luris now, which is a whole different episode, obviously. Yes, yes. Uh, some might also just say that this is them saying, yes, these cards have value. And yes, we will sell them for that value, which is in violation I think if we circle all the way back to the beginning of this video, it sounds like in violation of what they have spent 20 plus years trying to purposely make hazy mm -hmm. in the law. And they go, well, we don't know that there's a secondary market. Then the question is, is why are these $200? And they, the answer is the box is bigger. And that's called, that is the laziest answer. Like that box being bigger as is the answer is is absurd. I'm surprised <laughs> they didn't pack it full of a bunch of jank with, with art and say like, well, it's 200 cards and well, five of the 200. Yeah, the, it was they can just. Claim they're more collectible because of the new art as well, right? They're, they're, they're the two things. If we're, if we're honest, they're the two things. But you are right. I feel they're flying very close to the sun. Yeah. I want to disagree with you because I think it make for a better conversation, but I can't. They are so close to the sun, and it is dangerous because if they get if they get slammed for this, if they then that opens up a door where booster packs start getting like investigated, like loot boxes have been happening right. in Europe, then we might get a situation where like draft boosters cannot be produced anymore. Like we, it's got genuine ramifications that might damage people's enjoyment of the game down the line. This isn't just like they'll get slapped on the wrist and find it could change fundamentally how right. they sell magic product to us and personally at the moment barring the crappy secret lair over expensive fetch land stuff and the bad reprint policies i quite like the booster model uh, maybe that stockholm syndrome i don't know no i i like the booster model too and i'm going to talk about you know we're going to circle back around to some thoughts on morals and ethics with that uh in a moment but this when you say flying too close to the sun i think you really nail it and this is them risking everything for a, a, a short-term profit. And we've seen them do this a lot more recently, but nothing as 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 enormous as this, because this isn't going to like put Magic the Gathering out of business, but if someone in some government starts to get the attention of booster boxes and begin investigating or an actual lawsuit gets thrown about, look at what happened with judges. They were absolutely 
in violation mm-hmm. of the law because r- regardless of how it is on the books, this is they had employees. Well, those weren't our employees. Yes, they were. That were pertinent to them running the game and they were paying them in paper and giving no support that you are, you are legally obligated to give to those employees. And finally, finally, several someones sued them and that's when they said, we are done with this because we can get our butts handed to us. Now, Channel Fireball uh, uh, in particular and other events that, that hold them, those are their employees. And they will have to treat them as employees. And they will have to follow the letter of law. We don't touch judges. And and they're, they would say to me right now, we never touched judges. Well, they did. Uh, and... Uh, the same thing could happen with booster packs where, and look at, by the way, I might point out, I don't want to put on the tinfoil hat, but have you noticed that Wizards of the Coast has moved sharply away from the booster pack model? The booster pack used to be the center of this game. Now it is like, it's almost like it's a product of, of many. When they make new products, they don't include booster packs as, or the idea of randomness in them. Isn't it interesting that commander decks are preset? Uh, when I for new players, now here's something that I noticed. Everybody, but because since I have to review everything, I do pay attention to those 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 dumb little new player products. A lot of Magic players that goes right under their radar, and understandably so. But something I want to point out to people is that in the old days, they they had versions of starter decks for new players, and these starter decks were based on the booster pack, where you would get a, a starter deck or tournament deck that was like three booster packs worth of cards mashed together, but there were still a randomized element to it. You were still getting rares within them and things like that. And now when I get a starter deck as a new player at Walmart for an incredibly high price or or something like that, it is not randomized. It is preset. And in fact, and there is no booster pack included. And wouldn't you think if the booster pack is the center of Magic the Gathering, that they would be like, well, you got to let these kids experience a booster pack, get them hooked young. That used to be the joke we'd always say about this stuff, but there's no booster packs in Commander decks. There's no booster packs in anything anymore except deck builders toolkits. And that's really, and, and, and that's really the last thing. And before you say Planeswalker decks, which came with two, they have discontinued those this summer as the last oh, batch yeah, of no, Planeswalker decks. No one cared about those things, Brian. But why wasn't a Planeswalker them. deck, why wasn't a Planeswalker deck a randomly put together amalgam of rares and uncommons with this, this high duty sorting technology they now have? Sure. sure. I mean, the, but there's always been like a, there's been a, a long tradition of like intro packs and like the starter decks weren't randomized, but tournament packs were meant to be the things you played sealed events with and stuff, right? right? right. There's always been a tradition of both. And I don't think, as much as I do think there's been a shift, I don't know if we're moving away from draft boosters. So, for example, we've got Jumpstart coming up, which is literally ah. mashing of randomized booster packs together, true. right? True, true, And yes. then also, they're about to move Commander to Commander Boosters with Commander Legends, right? Because it's Commander think, Masters. Going, it's Commander Masters. Uh, well, yeah, Commander Masters. But I guess this, this just highlights how good the booster model is oh, for yeah. monetizing their game. They're like, Commander's making loads of money mainly on the secondary market because these cards are getting expensive. How do we do that? I guess we just randomly put them into packs. Sure, that's fair. <laughs> so Th- That's a very good so point, I actually. I hadn't shift, considered that. Yeah, Exactly, but I think they, they are fully aware they can make good bank and good money out of booster packs, and we're going to see more of that. But the, the other thing we didn't talk about that has just occurred to me as you're saying these things, it's just, it's just made me think, is that a lot of the games that we've talked about today like, I guess with with FIFA and Star Wars and stuff, the, the ones that really got slammed in Europe were the ones where the packs had game pieces in them. Like, you have to open your Wayne Rooney or whatever footballer you need to play with. Meanwhile, other games that have kind of gotten away with it or have become less, like, hammered for this are the ones where they're selling skins and cosmetic upgrades, right? 
is Magic's booster pack model, is Magic's gambling model, the pay-to-win model, where you have to crack packs to find the cards? And Arena is definitely that way. Yes. Because without wild cards, you cannot play, and you can't accumulate wild cards in any sort of capacity without cracking packs on mass so it's not like we're in some games where like uh for example uh i play a lot of league of legends i like opening up little like capsules they give you every level to get skin shard to get skin cosmetic i can still play with the characters i want magic it's not cosmetics i guess the secret layers is cosmetics and the ah, and this is why i say yes secret layers collectors boosters things like that this is getting into it's just cosmetic and this is where i think they have crossed over i think it's very as we we said earlier easy to argue that uh just what they've done all these years with the booster pack model they were able to skirt the law and stay off the radar but now they are seeing how far they can go and they've gone very far and the secret layer saying we're going to look at this card that is selling on the secondary market for $50 and we're going to offer a version of it in a new skin for $50 or for 10% mm-hmm. less than $50 perhaps uh, is I feel them crossing the line and whereas I would argue that I don't ethically have a problem with booster packs as as a as a product for kids to buy and things like that and that yes it is it, it is gambling there is a form of gambling attached to it but it isn't so severe there's a spectrum and i do think that secret layer may have finally crossed into that uh certainly player reaction is more tied to the fact that they don't that they want Fetchlands reprinted in booster packs. But I think that if we put that ire aside and look at what they've done from a legal sense in terms of uh, similarities to loot boxes and such, that we have crossed into a a, a very bad territory. So... Yeah, I, 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 we are in agreement that like secret layers are them flying close to the sun, them acknowledging the secondary market, just like not not explicitly saying if there is one, but they're, they're winking at us and pointing at it, right? However, isn't secret layers going back to that talk where we had earlier about it being predatory? It's a very strong word, and I mean gacha toys, the little the pop capsules you get that are randomised in boxes. I don't think they're predatory. I don't think actual boosters are that predatory. Surely, if we are moving towards them offering us cosmetics directly, like Secret Lair, isn't that the least predatory? Isn't that the most ethical? Because we know what we're getting. We know what product we're getting. I think the whole not reprinting Fetchlands is a whole different conversation to that. But isn't getting the actual like cosmetic changes on a plate in Secret Lair more ethical than the collector's boosters? Where I've opened some of those for videos on this channel, and I've opened complete trash. So they've, I've not got my money. I've gambled and I have lost and people have lived vicariously through me. I recommend you do that. Subscribe to youtube.com for slash Peasant Kenobi. You have a YouTube channel? You have yes, a I YouTube do. channel? You? My goodness. Congratulations. <laughs> Collector's boosters are on that predatory side. Secret Lair, when being cosmetic, being able to get your Godzilla lands, arguably there should be more than one of each basic land, obviously. But having the cosmetic be upfront and buyable, like on Arena in many ways, you can buy the cosmetic upfront. That's not predatory because there's no gambling element, a barring arena pretending gem there's no gambling element but the element is they're printing their own money and that they are manipulating the you you, they're controlling they're they're controlling the uh market as it were because they if they were not allowed to sell you five fetch lands for two hundred dollars if it was like said if their lawyers said no to them on that they would have reprinted them so but then they said of course they would have reprinted them because then that's the only way to monetize them so they are choosing if 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 you believe that they didn't reprint fetch lands in zendikar because of standard then i got a bridge to sell you uh because 
they absolutely did not reprint them in a $4 booster when they knew that they were going to try and sell them to you for market price. And this is going to affect how they are controlling the market. And it is an artificial scarcity. And so this is where we get into... There is a real scarcity, but they're the ones in control of us. There are fetch lands in standard. Hello, fabled passage is a fetch land. So So this is a lie. If they say, well, standard can't have fetch lands, then... That is that is not true. <laughs> I, I I'm in agreement with you. I think even I know that that the whole boosters being potentially predatory and cosmetics not being. There's a weird irony here, right? So hear this out. If Fetchlands were readily available, if Wizards of the Coast would sell them to us in reprints regularly in booster packs so the prices were lower down, when they sell us a four hundred dollar box with special art ones, that's so they've got I don't know uh, the Powerpuff Girls on them, right. and that's cross promotion, right? And you people want them for three hundred dollars and buy them. That is then, in a court of law, going to look less like gambling. Right. These things are readily available in a way that people can get hold of, but they can buy the cosmetic for more. The fact that the cosmetic version is so expensive, but still might work out as a better deal than buying these randomized things by cracking from packs, is that... Well, they don't, do they? They don't work it's out. It's not a them. cosmetic so version anymore. It's not a yeah, cosmetic if there's no, it's, if it's there's no the main s- version. Exactly. They're just selling the main so version. So I generally think... They would be they would be running less of a risk to reprint the desirable cards to get their price yes. down. I'm not saying crash them the pennies, but I'm saying make them affordable for the average player. That would make them less less dangerous for them if and when a uh, inquiry comes to look at the gambling laws on loot boxes and boosters and things. Right. Uh, I, I I agree completely. I also think you make more money because I believe that just as and and the worst thing is everybody who's saying like boycott Secret Layer Ultimate Edition is 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 not being realistic because. If Deluxe Edition, Deluxe Edition sold out, ladies and gentlemen. They sold a million copies of that thing. That was not an unlimited printing, and they made a they made a a, a fortune on that. And, and that, that was, product was garbage. Hot, the, I believe in in my role as the product so review bad. guy, that might be the worst product they've ever sold, and and the most See, insulting in my it, opinion. Exactly, it sold out. It sold out. So if you think that you're going to be able to boycott Ultimate Edition, people, it's 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 all sold. And on Wizards' end, it's all sold. But here's what Wizards doesn't get. They could still have sold out. They could have sold out for more. And all they had to do was put the fetch lands in the old art in the $4 booster packs. And they would have sold more booster packs. They would have made more money. And the community would not have been as ticked off with them. And they wouldn't be skirting legality or morality issues. It's, it's just a... St- Astonishing to me that they didn't feel that enough was enough. And and this is where I think about Arena, where Magic Online, and, and again, we don't know because they keep this stuff covered up, but there have been there's lots of things you can look at to indicate that Magic Online in all of its state was a huge moneymaker for them, even in its its sad, sad interface state. It was just huge, huge moneymaker for them. And so you don't have to have these predatory tactics that Arena employs to make money. Arena could have said, all right, you can trade cards with one another. You uh, 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 One gem is equal to one. One ticks is equal to one dollar. Mm-hmm. All, all of this stuff, and the arena would still be crushing it in profits, but maybe not as yeah, much. It's corporate greed. It's, it's, it's corporate it, greed. Corporate greed. It's it's not corporate greed. Corporate greed is Magic Online. Magic Arena no, 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 is no. corporate beyond greed. I think okay, it's sure. okay for a corporation to be 
it's not okay, but I think it's like they're all going to be greedy. It's beyond that. What's what's the next level? What's the next illegal? I guess, and that's what I think we're getting into. I think we are literally skirting the law here. That so it happened in the AAA's game industry as well, right? Games companies like Blizzard and Valve yeah. and uh, EA, all these companies that have been like you know slapped about because of the loot box issues, they were making money hand over fist. Right. They were making huge amounts of profits. And the thing is to go into the predatory thing to hunt the whales to tick those boxes of gambling addictions in people's heads. Those things made even more money. It's not enough for a AAA games company to make uh, the money. They have to make all the money. And that's what we've seen with the move towards... Uh, I want to say obfuscating, but I can't pronounce it. Is that how you pronounce it? Obfuscating? I'll give you a pass. Okay, cool. They're obfuscating... Uh, the, 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 the the currency that you're using, all these stupid tactics, right. that's just allowing them to make more money. It is greed, but greed to like the nth degree. And we've seen it in the games industry, in other areas, and we're just seeing it replicated now. Yeah, I, I, I mean, like, I, I don't have any problem with Wizards wanting to make a profit, wanting to make more money, wanting to come out with something that everybody's going to want to buy. Uh, that's greed. But this is beyond that. And it's the sort of thing that also makes me where uh, even when I, I've gone in and out of my love of Arena, but and I've gone in and out of my my well, I never loved Secret Layers. I, I begrudgingly acknowledged my my stance on Secret Layers has been these make me uncomfortable, but there's a good deal for the consumer. So I've given out a lot of A's on on Secret Layers begrudgingly because it's like, well, damn, it's a good deal for us, which is exactly why what they're doing. They're looking directly at the market and they're saying, cool, we'll give you new art for 20% less and we'll throw in some tokens. I love how quickly they abandoned all those little throw-ins. Like, remember Bitter Blossom came with the panorama of tokens and they're like, ah, so screw it. Now it's just the Fetchlands. Nothing else. You're meant nothing to get a code else. to get you the cards on Magic the Gathering Online because don't forget, I previewed one. You don't get the lads. You don't get you the don't, Godzilla lads. But but I bought the Thalia one because I play Thalia in like every four right. and I was like, I assume we'll get the Modo code, right? Right. It comes, I check the small print, no Modo code. They right. even cut those things out. But that's it's because crazy. you play Thalia on Modo, so they're not gonna give it to you on Modo. Uh, uh, the, yeah. Right, right. They they'll they'll oh, do that. But really, I, really I, I and I love I love that the Godzilla lands. You do not get access to the lands on Arena with the Arena code. You just get access to a sleeve skin. Now, if you got access to the Godzilla land for the rest of eternity, you could put those lands in your deck and use them and stuff. But they're going to sell those to you instead. Oh, definitely, exactly. You got to buy again. And again, it's the whole thing. It's the whole cow, right? It's the whole. I keep saying it's the whole cow. They can't give you a full package. If they can cut it up and sell it yep. to you in different ways. They will. They and, will yeah, yeah. And uh, okay, yeah. I've got a hypothetical for you. Okay, hit okay? me. Hit me. Let's say, let's say that the the inquiries. Oh, I, I wanted to mention one thing by the way. In my research, I was looking at like what European countries have done. What like Belgium was always said to have banned these loot boxes. They haven't banned them. They just found that everyone wasn't adhering to their current gambling laws. So they started like uh, basically slapping fines on people, which is kind of like banning them because they all stopped trying to sell them. So, in a future hypothetical where these inquiries happen and it's found out that booster packs are breaking gambling laws because they go, well, you know what? There is a secondary market. You can pretend there isn't, but there, there literally is. We can see it, right? And they no longer can sell boosters because it's just, it costs them too much money in terms of legal fees. They can't get the right licenses, so on and so forth. What is the future of magic? Where could it go? Living card game? Digital only? What do you think? Do you have any idea where magic could go if they could not do randomized boosters anymore? It, I don't think that we would ever hit that. Uh, but but what they would do is they would... Living card game wouldn't work. What they would do... 
gosh, I guess what they would do is is maybe try can't do randomized. If you can't do randomized, what are you going to do? Sell so many products that people have to buy them to piece together what they need from those exactly. products? Like, if, if you need four Euros, and there's just like four decks that have an Euro in them because it's a living card game with no that's all they've got. Right. Or you buy a set of them, there's no secondary market at that point, right? So I'm asking you what Wizards would do, but I mean... I'm, I think I'm it would thinking, put like, them out of... So, I think that would, that would be a death blow. I think that if, if yeah. the law... Well, first of all, there's no way the law would would be global. It's like Belgium would say the law, and then Magic just but, wouldn't but do I'm business a, in Belgium. Exactly, but I'm asking you about America. Like, once America Ooh. catches up with everyone else and goes, oh, oh, yeah, sorry, Belgium, If America UK, caught up with it, it, yeah, uh, it would be a death blow. The they would have to... Uh, uh, here's what they do. Let me, let me, I, I'll offer you a rebuttal. I'd say they can't survive like that. They just can't. They can't. The model won't work. What they would That's do is they would eliminate rarity. They would do it differently. They'd eliminate rarity. They would create... Uh, they would they would figure out how to do this without the sense of rarity in packs. Uh, so well, the cards would still be the cards would still be randomized and the cards would still be worth a real world money, right? Right. Like, oh, uh, here's so another they, one. Here's another one. What they do? They would aggressively reprint. They would never go to a living card game. They would say we will destroy the secondary market. We would they would aggressively reprint like fetch lands at common things like that to the point that that all cards are worthless and and if all cards are worthless, there's nothing you're gambling for. And that's kind of where, that's, that's the dream, right? The idea that they reprint so aggressively that every available card or the majority of available cards that you can play with in modern Pioneer, Standard or whatever, cost pennies to play with. However, they can then sell you a secret lair every other Monday that has a cosmetic version of Uro or whatever in it. That's all, because the, the, the point I'm getting at, I guess, is that no magic card should be just £100 base value. Like, your alpha Birds of Paradise can be hundreds, thousands, right? Right. The default Birds of Paradise should never get even anywhere near that amount. So in some ways, what you just said to me, I'm like, huh, if that is the way it goes, that sounds great. But, Right, but but here and that's the other thing too is that let's say in this hypothetical that in them doing that that then makes it so that there's no legal case against them. So they go, they're they're like, okay, the 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 jaws are closing in on us. Uh, what we have to do is aggressive reprints to the point that you know cards are just not worth anything. Uh, uh, but you could everybody has access. They're not a living card game level, but all cards are a buck to 20 bucks, right? Like Richard Garfield actually is in this famous interview where he says he doesn't believe any card should be allowed to, you know, to be worth more than that that's needed to play the game, just cosmetic versions of them mm-hmm. uh, sort of thing. And so they go, we got to do that. So here's the, the the thing about all this. If in that hypothetical that gets the law off their back, then what we're literally saying here is that wizards would just reprint the goddamn cards. They wouldn't even be violating these, these laws or ethics. It's just like, it's amazing how much this is win-win. And you're saying <laughs> they could still sell the stupid overpriced cosmetics to the stupid obsessive players like myself who would buy them. Although I'm not buying Secret Layer. I had it in my office and did the reveal video, and I can't even afford to, nor do I have any desire internally, because it sickens me, uh, to buy the damn thing. And 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 it's just, yeah, you know, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, just reprint the <laughs> damn cards! For some transparency. Just, uh, seven years! I've been doing this YouTube channel for seven goddamn years, and all I've been saying for seven years is just reprint the damn cards, and they don't want to do it! 
and I, I'm just losing my mind at this point. For some transparency, this scenario, this ending, like we're coming to, where Prof says just reprint them and it's a win-win. That was never our like concluding argument. We haven't. No. It sounds too. It sounds too uh, succinct, too perfect. Because we came into this right. with uh, doing our own research, having some bullet points, and that was it. So just anyone who sat at home going, "Oh, this was there roundabout all the way." That was not it. But that Staged. is. But that has come to a like. I can't. I can't express how I'm saying. And, and remember, in our if you go back and you go back and you look at us talking about like like so magically, we got to fix our love, favorite formats. And we were talking about this in a previous episode. I'm like Vince, you love legacy. What what do you need to make this work? And you're like, I just need them to reprint the cards so people can play. And 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 we're like modern. I just need them to reprint the cards so people can play. And it just comes down to this. It's it's like self sabotage. Yeah, it's like self freaking sabotage. All right, I want to get back on track though with with what I did want to close with, which is us talking about things from purely an ethical or moralistic standpoint. Do you have a problem with? And I want to know, Vince, do you have a problem? And then you can ask me, do you have a problem with the fact that booster packs are gambling? I mean, it is. You you, you can't say a booster pack isn't a form of gambling. Buying a booster pack is a form of gambling. Do you have a problem with that? No, I really don't. Like, it's right. I find it hard to say why because obviously there's this idea that it can prey upon the vulnerable is like the the, the biggest fear of having anything be remotely gambling. But like I said, gacha machines where all this all this begins with the little toys and the little bubbles, like you know those sort of things. That's a form of gambling, right? Kinder surprise toys you can't have them in America because they're illegal apparently because your kids just swallow the because egg. Because we eat, we 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 Americans we would just stuff it in our mouth and choke. I'm sorry, fools. but you know what. But the- at first I thought at first I thought it was just an accident, but then I kept doing it again and again when my friends brought those Kinder eggs home Going from to Europe, A&E, and I said it's, it's a good thing. Bomb. Anyway, anyway, so I think a small amount of gambling in a game, a small amount of risk to reward, is not inherently harmful or inherently a problem, especially when there's a transparent element to it. Like ultimately, Wizards of the Coast aren't. Uh, pricing these cards themselves, right? Because here's one of the things with loot boxes in video games, is that when you have a skin that costs a million pounds in a digital card game, that's because they're only giving out one in a million times, right? The cards aren't that rare in Magic, unless they don't reprint them, which goes back to the point we just said, right? So if they reprint them enough, then the cards aren't inherently going to be these like uh, million dollar lottery ticket sort of thing. So ultimately, no. If they make it transparent, they make like the chance of getting cards transparent, they make the cost of the packs transparent, which is something video games and arenas varying away from, then no, I think a small amount of risk reward or a small amount of gambling, as it were, I'm saying that children should be able to gamble now, a small amount of gambling, as it were, isn't inherently a problem, especially when you moderate yeah. properly. Like, if your mum walks in and sees you click a button that says you're buying a pack for a certain amount of gems, your mother has no idea how much money you've just spent. And that is a problem. But if your mum sees you handing over some dollars at the game store, or even just buying packs from your game store's website with like an on-screen, they can see what you're spending. When it's hidden and when it's not transparent, that's when the problems arise. So, no, I don't have a problem with it. But I'm actually really surprised when you say that that countries like yours and mine didn't just make a law. It's it's because our legal systems, they're all 80, 90-year-old people who do not understand what's going on, probably. And also, they don't care about the citizenry that's another that's another episode no it isn't uh but but 
I, I, I'm really surprised that they don't just say, fine, you just, you can't have gems and, and such. You just have to say, this ah, is what it is. Dollar sign, ah. dollar sign. So and then, that, then let's see what happens when, when in order to buy sleeves. Yeah. Is that happening? Yeah. Good. So like, I think it should. So France is a good example. I read that France have said it's not gambling by, by like by legal definitions, because a lot of these things that have monetary value, like the, let's say arena, for example, the cards that have a monetary value, then therefore it cannot be gambling under their laws and literally what gambling is. However, it's still extremely problematic. And then France, England, and many other countries, including parts of America, certain states, have signed this like gambling legislation, like looking form, saying it is a problem, and we need to understand like what's going on with loot boxes, loot boxes, and the cost right. of loot boxes, and those sort of strategies and things, which I think will eventually bleed through and affect magic. It's only a matter of time. So yeah, countries are starting to become wise well, to it. You are right; it needs to be addressed. It needs to be addressed. Yeah. And 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 I, I just think that if the company is going to take this attitude of short-term gains above all else, it it, it just does not bode well for the future when that comes. You, big deal. Quarter one last year was amazing. Well, where are you in five years? And and uh, it, it just seems that slow and steady wins the race. And if we had just set this up more akin to Magic Online, uh, that might have been a good thing. In terms of booster packs, I, I don't think there's anything really wrong with there being a little gambling. I, listen, I like my vices. I, I drink alcohol. Uh, I, 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 that's bad for you. I, I don't think it should be illegal. Uh, there are things that are becoming legal that I personally don't partake in that I think should be legal for people to enjoy. And I, I think that we can enjoy there being a little bit of gambling. I think the problem is, is when you go too far mm-hmm. and uh, that's, and when you, you, you cross into the realm of exploitative and if there is some gambling involved to play a game, and like you've pointed out, cash is being spent, and we know how much cash is being spent, I feel that that's acceptable. But that when we cross into the realm of you don't know what's being spent, and uh, uh, chips, or the chips realm, in the casino, right? That's that's exactly chips what they in do. the casino. The gems is part of it. The gems are the chips in the casino. You get handed them, so you don't. And know how much to, money I believe they made the law that you have to put the the, the dollar sign on those those, mm-hmm. so you know how much they're worth. Can you, it used to be that you didn't. <laughs> Can you imagine arena gems? They just got the dollar signs in them. So. Sure, be, that would be. Yeah, I I, I, w- I would be very much in support of them having to do that because they'd have to rethink their economy and maybe make some changes in favor of the customer. But also, I think that when we get to secret layers, that here's where it gets into the unscrupulous behavior, which is they, if the game were existing in a pure state of them just making the game, uh, then yeah, we would have seen these reprints and they are instead cloaking themselves in that premise. No, for the good of standard, we will not reprint fetch lands, except there are fetch lands in standard. And really it's for the good of being able to sell this secret layer at $200. And, and that's the difference. I don't mind fetch lands costing money if they get reprinted. I don't mind magic cards get costing money if they get reprinted. But when we don't reprint them and then we sell them for 10 to 20% less than what they're going for, we are not only participating in artificial scarcity and uh, we have changed it into, I believe, unethical scarcity. And and that that's the line for me. And maybe that's arbitrary, but that's my line. No, and that's I, my I, that's that's yeah. No, I agree completely. I think it, uh, uh, it's the thing. Podcast episodes is better. Like I said, it's better when we disagree in some ways, but we agree so much here. But one of the things I want to add to that point, I guess, is I that, don't agree that we agreed that much. Okay, um, Wizards of the Coast need to be really careful because whilst other games companies can just sort of like uh, flirt 
with the boundaries of ethical and legal ramifications and eventually be like, oh, whoopsie, you caught us. The whole industry has to change back to selling 40 to $60 games. Wizards of the Coast aren't doing that because they don't go back to selling a different model. They go back to their booster packs. If their booster packs are being investigated and the game is, like we said earlier, does the game survive if it can't do booster packs? They are they are living very dangerously because they need to not be drawing attention to this sort of thing and, like, like you've been saying, is not create the scarcity that would then point out and highlight the idea that they could be gambling. The, the, they, they can't get away with it is what I'm saying. Not that I'm saying it's a good defence, no. but they're never going to get away with it like the other companies will. They'll walk away and carry on with their business. Which is the coast business? Like a house of cards, some might say. Some might say on all this episode. Like a house of cards could tumble down if they get caught doing this sort of stuff, which they are literally doing right now. Uh, I hope I hope red lights went off with how the secret layer thing went over. Uh, it, it might mean that no one from Wizards of the Coast will ever come into my office again to uh, reveal a product. But if that's the case, it was it's worth it in that uh, hopefully some red lights went off in terms of community reaction and perhaps legal ramifications. And maybe this will get reconsidered. But I don't know. I don't know. So here's what I, I, I want to... This is not in our notes, but I want to close with this, Vince. Uh, what is the next worst just exploitative secret layer? So we already did the fetch lands at, at $200. So what is the next level of, of... It's not just like five basic lands for $30. What is the next... Oh my God, they're doing five uh, fetch lands for $200. Uh, where it's, okay. It's, I've got, just, just what is that? What I've, is I've got that? one, but before I say it, I just want to say we sat in an episode maybe eight months ago saying, "Oh, what?" Yeah. I think I said, "What? What's next after Deluxe Edition order? What, what's next? What, what could they possibly do?" And that was Secret Lair and, and now, we named it. We but named we now it. sat here doing it again, and it scares me because when will it end, boy? In eight months' time, we go. Well, that, well, that was bad. What's next? Yeah. Um, my theory. <laughs> okay, here's my theory: is that they go. This is this is really extreme. Do you want me to go as extreme as possible? Uh, uh, within the confines of reality, okay. yeah, that that you could okay. still that you could really still see them doing so they, it. So, oh no, okay. What's the worst they could get away with? Well, I was thinking they could print functionally better reserve list cards, Ooh. but not print them into boosters, but only sell them directly to us. But that is and quite say they're true. they're like legal. Yeah, oh, God. so they, they're not making no, reserve list. We've now got like a, a forest island mountain. That is untapped, all three types, fetchable. It's strictly better than Tiger Barring, like choking cards like that. And they're like, oh, but we're we're only these are only for collectors and the extreme collector. These are collector lands. But you can play and with them just, in legacy. Yeah, they're, 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 they're for legacy <laughs> players because they've got loads of money. Not because not, but cards don't have a value, of course. And for commander players, right? Or they're only right. legal in the, the formats like Commander and Legacy. But that's quite extreme, I think. But at the same time, I would have said that the fetch land secret now was extreme eight months ago. So maybe right. I'm being a typical YouTuber here and like going to the extreme. But I feel like my extreme was broken over the last few months, Brian. So I don't really... Do you have a more sensible option or is that... Yeah, I do. And I, I, I'm going to cheat in that I've, I think I, I casually said this before as a bit of a joke, but I'm going to really double down on it as this is what I see happening, which is that they're going to do away with the reserve list and, 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 uh, uh, and reveal vintage masters in paper, but... But Vintage Masters will not have the original dual lands in it. So they're going to do Vintage... Just like they did Modern Masters without fetch lands, mm. they're going to do Vintage Masters, and it'll have, like, a Black Lotus and some Moxin for, for Vintage, but 
it's not going to have dual lands for legacy and stuff like that. And so that's my thing. And they'll say, oh, well, it wasn't the right place for it. Uh, 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 you know, it'll have like some guild gates or whatever. Your legacy masters of jewels were like, oh, not the right place for the vintage cards. And they got, a, a, they're just printing a black. Yeah, but no, no, no. That one people is okay, are okay with. Cause no, cause the truth is, is that people would rather play legacy than vintage. I think, I think people would be more interested in legacy over vintage. Mm-hmm. I, I think that even getting access to some really expensive, expensive Moxon, because even if they reprint the Moxon at Mythic, they're probably going to be outrageously expensive still, especially if it's just one reprinting at Mythic in a limited print run product. And I think that what vintage decks would still end up costing, people aren't going to get into it, but people would get into Legacy tomorrow if they just had the duels. Mm -hmm. People wouldn't get into vintage tomorrow if they had Amox, but they would get into Legacy tomorrow. I can't do my budget deck tech series on my channel because the bloody fetch lands are too expensive. I can cut the jewels from the deck, Brian, but people can't get into Legacy because the fetch lands are too expensive. We are living in the weirdest, not even the weirdest, just the saddest of like timelines when it comes to reboots. Timelines, yes. All right. Well, uh, if you'd like to stay in the saddest timeline, make sure you stay subscribed to Tolarian Community College. Or, as I just found out for the first time ever, Vince began a YouTube channel. Yes. Uh, so good, we're going to wish him good luck. Uh, uh, you might go over, see if he's making some work. Where can they find you, Vince? Uh, YouTube.com forward slash Pleasant Kenobi is where the magic happens. I also stream regularly two to three times a you week. You should put that on a t-shirt, where the magic happens. Yeah, this is a picture of a, a, a bed because that's the innuendo <laughs> is that ruined the innuendo I don't know I also stream at twitch.tv forward slash uh, Pleasant Kenobi not match. I was going to say Magic the Gathering that's not that's the official one Pleasant Kenobi uh, two to three times they don't week. let you on that one I, 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 actually I've been on there and I did say we print fetch lands you cowards um <laughs> I know I, I, I'm such a bad boy also Twitch uh, Twitter as well I'm, I'm, I'm pretty active on Twitter with the, with the memeing and the milking Very and good. things So uh, in the spirit of today's episode, I'm going to end with a bet. Vince, you want to make a bet with me? Uh, That's gambling, Brian. Yes, and the bet is this. Will the next episode of Dies to Removal be out before the next Secret Lair? Huh. No. Nia of Wizards R&D, what are you doing in my office? I'm the white mana guru. Whenever someone loses faith in white, I magically appear. That must keep you pretty busy. Silence! Oh my goodness, you you exiled Brian. Yep, gonna get a lot of high fives back at the mothership for that. <laughs>